It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, happy Tuesday. Welcome on into the PHNX Rising Show, presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Owen Evans. We've got Max Simpson as well on here. Max, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good in my so nicely uh, you know, lit room. Uh, I know there was a public apology that was put out there, and well, I'm not even mad about it it's kind of true <laughs> not mad about it at all not mad about it at all of course somebody else was mad today we'll be talking about that later on in the show colorado spring switchbacks having a uh, kind of main character day on twitter today weren't they they sure did uh you know it was really just peak i wouldn't even say peak like usl soccer it was, it was just peak peak american soccer really just people wanting to gripe and complain about you know, trivial bullshit. So yeah, fun stuff. That's pretty much how it goes. But anyway, does. we're yeah. going to start off. Let, let's take the bigger picture. Let's take the bigger picture before we go in and look at those small things. Let's look at the games that took place this past weekend. Of course, USL conference finals this weekend. Should we start with the Eastern conference final since that one came up first? Might as well. Let's get it done. Going to get that done. So, Louisville getting the win over the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Max, did you catch that game? Uh, caught a bit of the highlights. What did you catch in those highlights? <laughs> um, honestly, just kind of a, I don't know. It wasn't what I expected. I thought this was going to be even more of like a kind of high scoring, free flowing affair and well, bit of, bit of chaos in some ways. Yeah, in some ways it kind of lives up to the, you know, kind of cup final kind of feel that you typically can get in these kind of games here. Loose City, they went down to 10 men. Corbin Bone was sent off with about 10 minutes left in mm-hmm. in normal time. In the end, it goes into extra time. Elijah Winder with the, the goal, 108th minute to get them the win over Tampa Bay Rowdies means that Louisville going to yet another USL final. This time, though, they do have to go on the road. Uh, but yeah, Loose City are for all of their faults, and there are many, many faults that we're not going to delve into. I feel like on this podcast, what Loose City have done on the field, at least uh, on the men's side, is they, they're just a step above the rest of this league, aren't they? I mean, it's it's just the consistency and how they've shown in the East. Like 
you see that time and time again where they're not there by accident. They're there for a reason. And I think I was expecting coming up against how we've seen Tampa Bay play all year that, it, again, it was just going to be a bit more free-flowing and a bit more attacking prowess. And in a way, that red card kind of in a way, even though it was late on, robbed of uh, robbed us of really what this could have been at full potential. But like you go a man down with still that much to play and you pull it off, like that is... That's just something that heart of the team that you really either can't coach or the intangibles that that shows a lot of guile. It really does. It does. It does indeed. And look, at the end of the day, Louisville went in with a slightly different shape to what we've been used to seeing them. They they did make that change to try and counter uh, what Tampa Bay had to offer, what we've gotten used to seeing Tampa Bay offer. In some ways, here's the question, really. Tampa Bay, of course, this is the third time in a row that Loose City and Tampa Bay have met in the uh, Eastern Conference final. To you, which of those teams do you think is going to be the first one to miss out on an Eastern Conference final going forward? That's a good question. I mean, it's it's such a a rarity in not just USL, but just in the sport. You don't see a lot of parity just in how soccer is set up, whether you do have a table, you know, a table run in other leagues abroad or here in the U S where we have that kind of knockout format. Um, I, it's really, I mean, maybe it's cause it's recency bias, but it's really hard for me to bet against loose city. I mean, there's a lot of problems and stuff off the pitch, but I think just that consistency and how I think a lot of their players, it's built more for the long run as well as the short term, just kind of some of the age of their squad. Uh, I just lean slightly towards them. Indeed. And let's take a look now over at the West. And we're going to have a lot more, (laughs) as we've alluded to already, we're going to have a lot more to talk about (laughs) with this game in particular. But San Antonio setting up on Sunday, the first ever, uh, top seed against top seed USL final. They beat Colorado Springs switchbacks 2-0 at home. They'll be hosting the final against Lou City. Goals against Colorado Springs scored by Connor Maloney. He got them off the board in the 23rd minute. Santiago Patino ultimately, you know, 90 plus 11, I believe it clocked in at. So just that little, you know, a little finish on the game there. But in the end... <laughs> Were we really expecting anyone other than San Antonio to go on and win this game? You know, I mean, I guess I maybe was that guy who picked uh, San Antonio get, to get upset in their, well, I guess technically second round. Um, no, I mean, when you really look at it, it just makes sense, right? Uh, when you see everything on paper, right, like with Jordan Farr coming in with the with the award and just how distinguished they have been and how they've been recognized for it, it just doesn't really surprise like you look at how they've been running through the playoffs man I know it's only been the two matches but five goals five goals scored zero conceded it's pretty formidable pretty standard for what we've seen for most stretches of the season of course except against rising but we've already covered that um it's you know it, it just makes sense and i'm really excited for this final you often see a lot of the mismatches you know the fact that it is the first time two number ones um i hope it lives up to the hype man i really do i want to see i just want to see the pinnacle of like this league at its fullest with these two teams and like let's have at it like take the shackles off let's go for it yeah, shout out San Antonio in this one. Of course, the attention's going to go to two award winners. They were announced today. Jordan Farr, goalkeeper of the year. Uh, Mitch Tainter, getting defender of the year. I think someone else to just note, though, from the weekend, who I thought had a really good game, was Justin Dillon in there. Justin Dillon mm-hmm. in the midfield. And he's 
someone that, you know, he's, he's not necessarily going to get all of the plaudits that I was due, but hey, really good player. And at the end of the day, it, can we really ask for a better final in terms of just the, you know, who, who deserves it after their performance this year overall? Yeah, no, 100%. It's, uh, these things are a stretch, and I think oftentimes when you get in these knockout-type um, competitions that not always the best teams are the ones that make it the furthest, and I think you maybe, with and at one exception here or two, I would say you ask most people, they're going to tell you this is, the, this is the best two teams, it's the right matchup. Absolutely. So here's the question, more than anything, Max. San Antonio, Tampa Bay, who are you taking? Mm, interesting. Well, I'm going to be taking, uh, Lou, you know, uh, Louisville because since they're the ones that advanced, <laughs> um, oh, no, I'll God, go. Louisville. So... <laughs> it's been one like, of those oh, days, everybody. Right. It's been one of those days. Good. Um, I'm st- <laughs> I got him now. I'm still going to be taking San Antonio. Um, especially at home, just the way they've dominated the playoffs. Like it, I wouldn't surprise me if Louisville puts past one then, but it, it's just been a slog in a way for Louisville. They've had to come across a couple of defensive like struggles. A lot of their games just hasn't been broken open. Like again, San Antonio, I don't think the final is going to be quite as easy. You'd think, but nothing in these playoffs had told me to bet against them. And while Louisville is rightfully so the number one seed and the best team they could be facing, they've just been like, San Antonio has just been steamrolling people. So like, yeah, give me them to continue it. I think if I have to put, if, if I'll go even further, I mean, kind of looking at their scores, right? Three, zero, two, zero, Louisville, two, two, one, zero. Give me a, I'm going to take the average. Give me a two, one to San Antonio. They will pull ahead early. Louisville will get one back late, make it interesting, but they're, you know, uh, San Antonio will grind this out. You know, rumor has it that I'm so confident I'm going to back you on this, that San Antonio are going to win it, that I just completely forgot who they were playing. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I think San Antonio in this game, look, what we've seen from them all year. I, I mean, okay, they didn't do it against Phoenix Rising. We've mentioned this. Neither did Louisville, by the way. Louisville, of course, couldn't get a, a better result than a nil-nil draw at home against Phoenix Rising. So I, I feel as though San Antonio, with the home field advantage, are going to make it count. Um, and and the way they've just beaten up on the West, really, when oh, yeah. nobody else in the West really was able to take off in the way that they were. It was a really weird conference in a lot of ways, and it, it was completely different to the East in that sense. The East was very much, you had your top eight, they were slugging it out for seeding, and that was about it. The West, everything was such a mess. There were so many teams that were beating each other up week after week after week. And that's why, despite the fact that Phoenix Rising was so bad for a lot of this season, they ultimately kept themselves in the mixer here. San Antonio, quite frankly, didn't care about what the rest of the Western Conference were doing. They were getting on with business. They absolutely walked it to top seed. And yeah, I, I struggle in general to see past them. I feel as though... Over the course of the season, they've done so much more than any other team really can can claim to have done here. But one other thing I will note before we move on, and that is that we had a lot of speculation at the start of the season. Um, and ever since USL announced this playoff format as to what the bye week was going to do, what kind of an impact that was going to have on teams going into the playoffs who finished in top spot. And do you really want to have anything to do with that bye week? Well, yeah. What this season has shown is that actually it doesn't have to be a disruption. You know, uh, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I guess it depends. Um, if you look at this season, maybe it's because of the first one or whatever. Uh, maybe perhaps just because it's been the grind and teams aren't used to it. Yes, it looks like you know clearly showing that the top two seeds clearly benefited from the buy. Um, I know you love your MLS comparisons, but like if we're being honest, if you look in a similar format, it hasn't benefited historically most of those teams who get um a bit of that like buy or that one seed kind of bump. So I still don't know if the jury's out on it. Like maybe it's just the first year kind of recalibrating with it all. Um I will say I wasn't sure how San Antonio was going to respond. Like I figured they were it wouldn't surprise me that they're in the final, but I just thought it was going to be a bit fiercer competition because like you said they are beating up on people all throughout the season and just the gap that they have set, you know, in the regular season, 17 point gap between first and second plus 15 goal differential. I thought that maybe with the rest, plus the fact that you're now playing a bit higher caliber competition when you reach the playoffs that maybe when they would have had a hiccup or two, but I guess, man, they just go through it. Um, again, it's my long-winded way of saying jury, I think, to me, is still out on the playoff format. But there is no doubt it's a long season. These teams have played, not even including you know Open Cup or additional matches, 34-plus matches over the course of the year that I'm sure a bit of rest probably did help them. Although, for San Antonio, they had for number one seed locked up. And even though they kind of played a lot of their starters down the road and they did manage minutes here and there, it was... I just, I'm just surprised that there wasn't more rust. I'm really shocked about that. We haven't seen that at all during this playoff run. And again, why would I expect that for this final? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it speaks more to the, the gulf perhaps between first Mm -hmm. and second, more so in this league than we've seen in MLS. Sometimes when MLS, you have the salary cap, you have all of that that's impacting things. Of course, in MLS, both uh, one seeds, I believe made it to the final this year as well. So it's not as though, uh, I don't, I think it says more perhaps to the nature of the playoffs of a series of one-off games that they aren't a good indicator of who is actually the better team rather than the bye week necessarily having an impact. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it's also, maybe it's just the fact it's just sheer dominance and how certain teams kind of position themselves, right? Like in the East, we kind of see how those top three teams from a point standpoint, from a goal differential, they're all kind of right there talked about with san antonio they're far and away and it's not even close but i mean i mean i i don't know man like you're trying to find kind of a way of how to rationalize and maybe some teams who have moved up recently that are more in the east and they kind of all bunch together versus the west um maybe just some of the contenders who have been there for a bit keep separating themselves i really don't know if there's like a conclusive answer i just find it very interesting how the path the East has taken throughout the year, how it plays off in the playoffs where they're very tight knit games, very cutthroat. And then the West, it's been a cakewalk. No disrespect to San Antonio. It's been a cakewalk because they've just thrashed everyone. And then they keep doing that in the playoffs. You just think there would be a bit more of a competition, but um, go figure. I'm not saying to get rid of this format. I think try for a little bit, see how it goes, but it's like they're trying reward and kind of mix things up. Um, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Speaking of we'll see, there's some big games coming up, not just this Sunday, of course, with the uh, USL Championship final, but 
in about two weeks' time, we've got a certain tournament is kicking off, isn't it, Max? I believe so. I think it's something like um, it's like a cup. It's played on like a world like level, you know, across the globe, but like in a certain country. Sound about yeah, right? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. And uh, make sure as well, <laughs> the World Cup, you know, you can come out and join us or, or Max at least while I'll be in a Qatar for the first portion of this for uh, all of the US and Mexico games across the group stage. We'll be hosting watch alongs over with our friends at Four Peaks at their 8th Street pub. We'll have beer specials, there'll be giveaways, guest appearances, and more. Make sure to keep an eye on our social media. We'll have more details of them as they come along. And again, despite the fact we got the little uh, American flag uh here no here are doing mexico games as well aren't we max <laughs> and uh make sure to hop into the show notes below we've got the link to sign up for those they're free uh with the exception of one game for mexico because we got a breakfast buffet on that morning uh so yeah make sure to come out max what are you gonna sell them on for what are you gonna do are you buying pints <laughs> oh man i mean that's usually how it goes right no i am uh, i'm definitely i'll definitely buy pints i mean i'll even do one better if you show up to oh gosh i mean if you show up to that usa wales match which uh, i know we both have a bit of a vested interest in and you're wearing a usa kit i will buy your first beer like no questions asked um but yeah come on out enjoy it's just a good time i have heard as well i think i think it's pretty safe to drop the news that we actually have a couple rising appearances throughout this um throughout actually these world cup watch parties go ahead max let's mm -hmm. let the people know these uh, special guest appearances yes of course so um on that first mexico morning match um that one that kicks off at 9 a.m we do have juan guerra who will be joining us joining us um yeah for that match a little breakfast buffet action and then the big one mexico argentina later that week on a saturday we're gonna have the one and only greg hurst joining me and ramon on our live post game show at four peaks so really fun stuff we got game we're gonna have you know all types of stuff games um like i said beer specials like a jumbo 22 foot screen like it's it's the world cup come out hang out with your friends hang out with people you don't know and just have a good time with all of us, man. We're going to be, it's going to get rowdy. We're very much looking forward to it. Indeed. And hey, we've got to, got to make sure if you can't get to Qatar, the best place you can watch them, of course, is Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. So uh, keep an eye out. I'm sure we'll have more even to announce as we go along. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed at least, Max. And remember, of course, you don't have to be 21 or older to go along, but you do have to be 21 or older to drink at the 8th Street Pub and anywhere else for that matter, and mm -hmm. make sure to enjoy responsibly. Let's have a shout-out here in the chat. we got Charles Whittle Pike here throwing in $5 on the Super Chat. Contributing <laughs> to Max's lighting fund. Appreciate all of you so covering soccer. Thanks, Charles, for that, and I'm sure that Max does appreciate, you know, just 25 cents a day can help Max afford better lighting. I mean, if I'm doing my math right there, that's 20 days worth of lighting. I, you know, we do, I usually try to do about maybe one or two shows, at least like probably one to two shows in studio a month. That probably gets me two months worth of, that's pretty sweet, man. I appreciate that, Charles. Thank you. I have to, you know, I'll get right on that. Um, I personally think it's improved a bit, but you know, jury's still out on that one. You know, that's segueing us quite nicely into our next little section here because <laughs> we do have to consider the fact, look, there's contract news coming later this week. We're hoping with Phoenix Rising there'll be something coming up tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the light, the lighting fund, you know, this 
When we get onto that, we want to just point out that this particular section is brought to you by some breaking contract news and our friends at OGs are uh, bringing you very specifically the next bit. And OGs, they're back. Not that they ever left, but they have agreed to a new deal with PHNX. Terms of the agreement weren't released at the time, much like your favorite USL team. Don't release a lot out, but sources close to the two sides say that both of them are immensely excited and looking forward to creating more great content between the brands, apparently on the Colorado Spring Switchbacks Twitter account today as well. As always, you can find them at your local dispensary. You got to be 21 or older to enjoy. But make sure, get some OGs, and maybe the tweet will make sense. Max, we got to talk about it. Oh, We've got to talk about the oh, tweet gosh. today from Colorado <laughs> Springs Switchbacks today. They decided to uh, bring some attention to what they believed was the injustice, of course, of the weekend, and they lost to San Antonio. They tweeted a statement that read, and I quote, we are, we'd like to apologize not just to our fans, but fans of the USL Championship for the state of the referees Sunday night. The performance was at best subpar on both sides of the ball. We hope to continue to push the conversation forward and work with the league to try and improve the quality for everyone. Uh, the tweet also featured the hashtag push for VAR. So, uh... Max, I want your first reaction because my reaction is going to be long, prolonged and multi-pronged. So, Max, you kick us off, please. I mean, it was cool because we pretty much had the same reaction. We both kind of saw it when we were in the office earlier today. And it's just like, what? Uh, I mean, it's a fantastic look. And I love it, too, that every like 95 percent of people were dunking on them. We're absolutely dunking on them in the quote tweets, in the replies. And then, of course, you have, you know, the diehard fans, which I, I get. You got to stick up for your club where it's like, oh, thank you. Thank you for serving the injustice. And it's like, guys, what are you talking about? When has it ever been a good look for a team to, A, talk about, hey, we want we want the entire world to note what an absolute atrocity. Like, we're talking about something like famine or war, something that's, you know, beyond soccer. Like, man, you guys lost. You know, you're eating sour grapes. Could there be controversies for sure? But like, what are you going to, what are you going to do? I mean, you even watch the videos that they posted. People are ripping it apart. It's like, really, this is actually within the rules. Some of the stuff was very tacky that they're calling on. But my favorite part was they start tagging rising fans and other fans of other clubs. It's just like, yeah. what are you doing? What are you doing? I genuinely, I genuinely haven't seen anybody down that bad since San no, Diego Law fans were out trying. They were out trying every to defend their club signing Andrew Carlton. It was like you just found the club's random fan, like the biggest, you know, just nonsense. It was like Edward. Edward's not in the chat by the looks today, but Edward Phoenix Rising Nation. It was like someone had given him the handle to a USL team's Twitter account and said, "Yeah, just go troll. Why not? Why not?" Like. Except his memes normally have a little bit more taste than that. So, oh my gosh, I mean, my favorite part was when, um, was it the the like ref association essentially is like, don't worry, I got you. And then they show them the link to the rule book, which pretty much clearly states that, like, yeah, man, no, like it, it, some of the stuff with VAR and and what they were arguing is subjective. But even still, it's like you don't have a case to argue with. Like, what did my thing? My whole thought process is like, if they're just stirring this up for like engagement, they crashed it. Fantastic. But if they're actually trying to go with something like this, like, what were you trying to accomplish? Because it didn't work. It was never going to work. 
<laughs> it just makes them look like idiots. And it does. You know what? Right. I'm gonna does. start. I'm gonna start with this one. I said that my response was gonna be long. It was gonna be uh-huh. multi-pronged. Let's start with a generic, and I'm gonna start with a generic here and keep it nice, simple, mm-hmm. straightforward. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're a football fan. I don't care if you're a fan of any other sport. I don't care if you're just a fan sitting at home, if you're media, if you're some of our colleagues at PHNX. I'm going to call you guys out as well on this. Pointing to the referees, making the referees the point of your discussion is lazy analysis. Quite frankly, just, you know, when you're sitting down, you're drinking your beer, you're doing anything else. You haven't read the rule book half the time or the law book in this case. You don't know the exact details about this, as was shown by the fact that switchbacks put things out that were incorrect in law, that they were complaining about, that they had no real case to complain <laughs> about. It's just tiresome. Just stop. It's lazy. It's it incredibly lazy. And quite frankly, you did not lose these games because of referees. You do not typically lose a game because of a referee. You lose a game because you do nothing else besides. You don't go and go, oh, my God, it was muddy. It was a little bit muddy. We couldn't win. No, you get out there. If you're the better team, you get out there and you find a way to win. You don't scapegoat like this. And it's just nonsense. It is tiresome. I'm fed up of it because it's just Mm. the same nonsense that just dominates the storylines again and again and again and it's lazy so so lazy just stop please just stop the 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 funny thing about this is people were then commenting and 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 subtweeting being like well you do know that san antonio also had their fair share of calls not going their favor to which they replied well, yeah, if you actually saw our original statement, we were addressing that both sides of the play were uneven and that San Antonio was as rightfully wrong. You wouldn't put something out like that if you're not trying to save face for coming up short. And at the end of the day, no matter what happens, you can feel as wrong as you want, but the play speaks for itself and you lost the game on your own accord. There, there is nothing else. Like if you put it into the hands of other external circumstances, like you said, whether it's a pitch, whether it's poor refereeing, whatever it is, is lazy. It is lazy, and it's just smells, smoke, darkness. Yeah, <laughs> every yeah, all. <laughs> it's just like what are what are we doing? What are we what are we trying to accomplish? And what I'm not, you know, I'm. It, it just it doesn't makes sense but i think that's just it is there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of thought i think behind this if i'm if i'm being honest and i'm i we run out tweets no it's like i it's it's that meme of like you know the start deleting their own tweets now the the best time to delete this was right after sending it the best the second best time to delete this is now like i thought that meme immediately it's like listen man you never know what goes on within within their social teams or whatever but it's like that's uh it's a bold move, Cotton. Uh, we tried to see if it paid off, and it didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we, we also need an... I said, let's start on the Vega. Let's go on the more specific sure. now. Let's talk specifically about USL and exactly what we're talking about here. There are people who will make less money officiating games than we make writing, talking, tweeting mm-hmm. about them. That's a fact. That's not a yeah. question. It's a fact. Yeah, it's it's not an opinion. It, this is just the nature of the pay scale for these referees. They do so as part timers. You have players that are earning less than many of the fans that go to watch them. Again, that is a fact. Yep. 
you have fourth officials that are mostly local for a lot of the season because they need to cut down on travel costs. Again, that is a fact. The reality is I don't see where this money for all this improvement is coming from. It's not there. These clubs aren't profitable already. Where are you? What are you going to do? Fly in Howard Webb and tell him, come back from retirement. You're refereeing a game. We've got Mark Clattenburg as well on the side. You're not going to do it. This is reality. And the problem is, right, when they do these kind of statements, they contribute to this kind of atmosphere and they drive. They kind of set an example here, and it drives young referees away from the game at a grassroots level. That's why we've got the crisis at the grassroots level that we currently have. And when that happens, you don't get referees getting up to the elite level because they're not given enough time to make it there. And unfortunately, that's the kind of culture that this kind of behavior contributes to. 100%. Uh, I mean... Something, something to note is a lot of these people who are calling for VAR and these other types of systems to be organized. I, do you guys not understand that there are these are multi ends of thousands, hundreds of thousands infrastructure projects, probably millions if I'm being honest, of, of dollars that go into integrating not just state but also leagues to keep up to speed of the new connect technology for this, installing properly, getting everyone up to code. And you're talking about just having an entirely different wave of ways to officiate and a way to examine the game that is just not in some of this training. Because what type of people who are officiating at that level have the resources to learn types of platforms and those programs? But the other thing that, to your point, is like I've worked for – and freelance for um, it's called Notch. It's a, it's actually an entire officiating program and database meant towards helping officials, connecting them to leagues, to you know, from the amateur level to the professional level. And they say that the biggest issue with uh, officiating is recruitment because people don't want to deal with the you know not just uh, verbal abuse but in some ways it leads to physical abuse it leads to these additional types of things and again i'm not trying to cause a slippery slope by tweet could lead to that but i'm also saying that it's a lot of you know officials are and referees are already in an absolutely tough enough spot no one goes off to the game and say wow graf you made a fantastic call or gee i really appreciate your performance and that's not saying what they're looking for but like man they already got it difficult enough and to I get that we all do it at PHNX in a different ways where we put refs on blast and it's like we're not in ways at least most of us are not ref apologists but to put something out publicly where that is that's the same platform where you put out per you know player information player signings were news about partners news about fans news about season ticket holders to put that in the same vein of that form of official statement where you literally even put it on like that official statement graphic of that's what you're going to devote your time to. It's not just lazy. It's just like, that's really what you want to spend your time on. And it, it just, it's sad, man. Like that's the biggest thing. It's like, I don't get why we keep seeing this. We've seen it a couple times this year throughout, you know, uh, American soccer, like, man, like, come on, like be better than that. Yeah, just to, just to a point here, actually, on the VAR point, and Harry's brought it up in the comments here saying about what they could do, like NHL VAR, you just use the video of the games, possibly have a light version of VAR. Well, to be clear at the moment, you can't. Roro. Oh, boy. Okay, we lost Owen. All right. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Harry, going off what you're saying, it's yeah, an interesting... Dropped out you, there. You, you bumped out for a second? Yeah, you're good. You're good. All right, Harry's comments still? 
can't you can't do yeah. VAR light at the moment. Mm. Um, it, it, there have been some tests, but the key thing here is that leagues don't have free reign to implement whatever they want to. They have to follow the IFAB's VAR protocol. And the VAR protocol stipulates that you must have a VAR, you must have an AVAR, so it's an assistant VAR, and a replay operator for each game. If you don't have an AVAR, you've got to play without it unless the team specifically agree. And again, that's got to be in competitions like the AVAR is removed during the game. Um, you've got to have someone who's able to do the technology side of it with the replay operator. Look, you just can't... The way that VAR works, you can't currently do that with less than that. That's just that's just the situation that you're in because the nature of it is they sit there, they have to watch the entire game because they have to refer it down to the match officials. You can't deviate from that procedure. Nobody is authorized to deviate from that procedure, so that's nothing that USL can do. And frankly, again, USL's position on the totem pole, you don't get to uh, really dictate to the IFAB what exactly you're going to do. Yeah. Something interesting to note that I don't really know if we've touched upon as much is like, again, it's the human nature of officiating. Even VAR has its has its um, issues and like the human error is always going to be there. But the interesting thing with VAR and just how officials get to this level is it's not like, oh, hey, I want to become an official. Oh, your first assignment. It's going to be in the USL championship or USL league one, even league two, even even next pro. None of these things you start out at that level, like you have to, the amount of certification and just um, the different levels, there are levels to this. And the people who are at this level, especially you're in a USL championship format. I mean, let's call it what it is. The next step up would be MLS. And some of those MLS referee, uh, referee, the MLS world cup, or excuse me, the MLS cup final is going to Qatar. He's being a part of the world cup. These guys in a way are effectively one, like at, one level below that that next step is to be at mls and i mean again it just comes back to like you the quality of officiating the quality of soccer the quality of um, academies everything has raised its level in the past few years and so to think that the level of officiating wouldn't match that is just it's just kind of naive um again this doesn't start from nothing people have to go through and make the proper um excuse me, they have to have the uh, certain amount of hours, certain types of qualifications to reach the level that they did. But it's like, again, I, I don't, I just don't get the, the, the way to put it in the format that they did. And just, I know I keep on going back to it, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'll actually follow up on that, Max. So just so anyone who's not really aware how the U S soccer referee program works, uh, you typically start off as a grassroots referee. You're not expected mm -hmm. to do anything close to professional until you've done at least three years. Mm -hmm. Um, you can't be certified at regional level until you've done at least three years regional. Now they're starting at the moment. PRO is starting to remove regional referees from their own program or they're starting to move away from the use of regional referees in their program until you have a national badge to be national you have to have been handpicked from the regional referees there is a whole process to get you up there there just is it's it's a long long slog and the other thing is that many of these guys have been refereeing in this league longer than uh longer than some of the teams in this league have existed Mm -hmm. uh, which is why it always amuses me when people do things like, oh, they're biased against San Diego Loyal. They've been refereeing here longer than you've been a thing. Like, oh, yeah. Get a little bit of perspective to this. But mm -hmm. as a whole, I, I just look, people, no one goes out and expects their striker to not put a foot wrong all game. 
Yeah. Why is the referee any less of an athlete? They have to cover just as much ground as a lot of these players, and they do. It is a tough, tough job at a professional level. They cover quite a lot of ground over that 90 minutes, and they don't have the opportunity to sub out if they're tired. And not only do they have to run, they have to be perceiving everything that's going on ahead of them and process all that quickly enough to make a decision quickly on a lot of things that are very, very subjective. I mean, the perfect example is the handball offence in, in Colorado Springs' mind that would have resulted in a penalty for them. You have to look at it, decide, A, did it come off the arm? Yes, it did. But was that position make it, was the position of the arm making him unnaturally bigger in a way that wasn't justified by the action that he's carrying out? And in that case, I think there's a very good case for the fact that it is justified by the slide. And so there's so many things that go into these calls. It's not simple. It's not black and white. Just stop. I mean, to what you, uh, to your point of what you said earlier in the office, to quote you, what do you expect the guy to not have arms? That's how he's going to slide tackle. He's going to he's going to hit the ball. Is it is it a handball in in a way on the surface? Sure, but these guys have to make those call. Officials have to contextualize things and to what seems subjective, make it black or white. And in that frame, if you're talking specifically about that handball one, you know, like we were talking about, and please correct me because I know you have the right verbiage, but it's. Does it hit his arm? Yes, but it's also, is it outside the regular frame of the body? And like, it's not in the sense that he's slide tackling and it's just a natural position of where it goes. Like what, uh, again, he's the guy has, the dude has arms. What do you expect? So um, again, that's a subjective call on a fan's mind, on a anyone is watching it. It's a subjective call to them. But to these officials, they are like processing. It's like, no, this is black and white. This is what happened. This is the correct decision according to the letter of the law. And like, that's, that's just what it is, man. Yeah. So just, you mentioned about the specific verbiage. I can actually pull it up now out of law 12. So I'll read it to you directly. So it's an offensive player. Here are the two that don't really make any difference, but I'll tell you all for the sake of telling you all deliberately touches the ball with their hand slash arm. For example, moving the hand slash arm towards the ball scores in the opponent's goal directly from their hand arm, even if accidental, including by the goalkeeper or immediately after the ball has touched their hand arm, even if accidental. So those two aren't really relevant, but the one that's really important here, it is an offense if a player touches the ball with their hand slash arm when it has made their body unnaturally bigger. A player is considered to have made their body unnaturally bigger when the position of their hand slash arm is not a consequence of or justifiable by the player's body movement for that specific situation. And that's the key. It's especially that last part. The guy's sliding. Well, he's he sliding. Arms. You're up. He has that's arms a fairly attached normal to him. slide with the arm. If his arm was up, I agree. I yes. agree. But it wasn't. It's down as you slide. And that's that looks fairly justifiable by that body movement to me. Yep. Yep. Um, I agree, man. <laughs> I mean, we could also have this debate if Colorado Springs want to go about it, about the first goal against RGV was probably offside in a way that never could be picked up in real time. It was an interference with an opponent kind of offside offense. It was weird. It's all happening very quickly. But when you watch the replay and you watch it a couple of times, you go, yeah, you know, probably I mean, was. The, the, the la- and kind of on that point, the last thing like I have on this is a lot of this stuff over the course of a season or even a course of a game, it's very rarely where officiating is blatantly against one side over 
any stretch of time where things are going to even out, even if you have some calls that don't go your way, um, unless there is like a legitimate scandal, which I'm not saying it is because in this case, why would it be? Um, there isn't any reason to think that officials are out to get you or that there's something like that where it's not just a human error. Well, don't burst the bubble there, Max. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. But no, it's like everything evens out in the course of things. And um, yeah, man, it just it, it, it all is just very, very efficient to me. Right. I'm going to I told you I had so many points to make. I'm going to just quickly hammer out these last few. Hit them. Hit them. Because I'm still they still come into mind here. Number one on this one would be that, look, if you think, you know, so well, go out there and give it a go. Why not? It's uh, relatively easy to sign up if you want. I'll tweet at me. I will send you the link. I will find there it for you your state. I'll send there you go. the link. I've actually got a couple of law books hanging around here. So if you want one, I'll send you a law book. Why not? You can get a copy of the 2223 Laws of the Game. Uh, there's a limited number of those because I've only got a limited number sitting in my room at the moment. But uh, besides that, look... It, these things aren't fixed immediately. Stop thinking that you can tweet a couple of times, USL, oh my God, I can't believe they haven't fixed this. Again, as we said, there's a whole process to this. People don't just turn up and are ready to referee a professional game. It takes years of development. You've got to support grassroots refereeing. You've got to foster an environment where they can continue to develop and they can get to the point where they can do these games. We've got to stop turning kids away at a young age who get a bit of an interest and, and disappear after a year because they're getting shouted and screamed at by parents. That's what unfortunately is not helping in this kind of situation. And... Yeah, just again, if you, if you think that you know better, give it a go yourself. I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, I I think we, I think we've pretty substantially covered pretty all much covered it all. To, yeah, all that there needs to be, man. Yeah. Just uh, kind of <laughs> just <laughs> we we've seen these things happen before, but I guess just the the way that this one went down and it's just uh it's just it's laughable in a sense. In on one way, it's laughable. In the other sense, it's like just kind of toxic. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what? If we want to talk about knowing better than somebody, do you think that you know better than the bookies? Oh, Max? boy. I thought that, that was where the transition was going. <laughs> there we go. Do you think you can win some money on the NBA this uh, this week, Max? Which oh, games so. are you picking? I mean, I'm always following the Suns, man. Um, that's a tough one. I need to actually, uh, I need to kind of check on some of the odds on DraftKings Sportsbook, but um, they've had a little bit of a dip on the run of form, which I feel knowing how this season has already gone so far means that they're going to be on the upswing. And this is just a kind of blip in the radar. So um, I'm confident in the Suns. Maybe that's not the wise thing if you listen to um, our PH Next Sun show, but uh, yeah, man, I'll rock with them. They're actually facing the Timberwolves tomorrow. Let's see. They are favorite by okay, but the book the odds makers have them at a favorite at two and a half points and going up against a team that they've already beaten. Um, yeah, man, I would take the Suns on that one as well. They're minus one forty. Yeah, I'm just trying to get it up. Unfortunately, my phone is being very slow. Uh, trying to find a pick there. Yeah, I actually went to see the Suns over the weekend. I saw them against the uh, Trailblazers. Good. Uh, good, good win for them on that. What, and and here's another one too. I will, if you really want to get a little frisky, the over under is set at 225.5 suns. Granted it was a tough match, but they scored. It was 88 last night. 
and they combined with the 76ers for 188 points. Two you know, different team this time around, but if you want to combine that, a Suns win with the under, you're going to get at plus 227. You want to take that in a two-pick parlay, put $100, you get 327 bucks payout. It's not bad, not bad. And remember, <laughs> of course, that... The uh, new customers can bet $5 on any NBA money line bet and get $200 if your team wins. You can also boost your winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. So go on ahead, join us, show us your bets that are better than what we're putting forward, I'm sure. It's pretty simple. You go ahead, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code PHNX, promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. And you know what? I'm disappointed actually because no one sent us in their parlays from the FA Cup. Um, I, I know that my proposed one, which I didn't in the end, unfortunately, I forgot to put it on, uh, would have lost. So, hey, I guess. Were we, clo- were we close? <laughs> we were close. No, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why you have, that's no. why, that's why you have, I mean, I did pick those. So, I mean, you know, it's, a, why you, it's why you have us here to tell you what to not bet on, you know? We, exactly. We know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. Right. <laughs> Speaking of betting, you know what? Yeah. Who would have guessed that the MLS Cup final would have ended quite the way it did, Max, this past weekend? Wow. Um, That was, I mean, man, honestly, that was one of those matches where I think I think people are going to say, dang, it was, you know, there are some parts where it wasn't the highest quality of soccer, which, I mean, fair. But honestly, if you're talking about goal for goal, just the timing, everything, one of, that's got to be up there with one of not the, you know, it's in my mind, best MLS cup final, uh, one of the best MLS matches. And like purely from an entertainment standpoint, that was one of those matches where just with all the swings and everything, I was just thoroughly entertained. I didn't have a care of who won whatsoever. I had zero, you know, uh, dog in the fight, but that was just purely entertaining. One of the best matches of soccer. I've just, I've watched just like from a purely what the bleep is going on standpoint. It was just bizarre. Wasn't it? I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm 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 shocked. Really, I mean, Gareth yeah. Bale comes on and does exactly what I said he would do, and I did. Thank you, Max. I told you that, did I not? Listen, I I I am a I'm a you know I'm a, I'm a Spurs fan, but I'm also a Real Madrid fan, and I've seen enough of Gareth Bale to know that like he comes on in big mo- big moments and cut matches is what he does. At that point, that man had had like three or four touches, had zero movement, and I'm thinking he gets in the game too late. I didn't even think it was going to, you know, really anything was going to come in it with extra time, especially when they go a man down. And I'm thinking, could he change the game? Yeah, but there's just not enough time for him to grow in it. And I'll be darned because you see that you see them go down the line. You see that cross whip in and you just see number 11 in waiting in wake there. And I'm thinking, oh, oh, and you just see him jump. And I'm just like, what? Like. Dude, I was just like, I was, I stood up. I'm just running around my house. I'm just like, what is going on? Because that's what, that's what he does. I don't think he was hundred percent fit. I, we can talk, I know we're going to talk about a bit getting into the world cup, um, especially next week of like, I don't know what his match fitness is, especially from your guys' standpoint. But like, if you have Gareth Bale on your team in any capacity, like eh, you got a chance, you got a dang good chance. 
You do, you do. And I mean, Michael making a point here that the only season that Gareth Bale went trophyless since leaving Tottenham the first time is the season that he was on loan to Tottenham. Oh man, let me just, hey, let me just have my like moment, my like two or three game stretch where he was awesome. They were all combining. He had a couple goals and I was like, man, the good old days, maybe there's a chance he comes back on a permi, a permanent one. And then, yeah. Permi? Well, you're just making words up here, Max. Did, he comes yeah, back permi. on a permi. A permi, yeah. What's yeah. a permi? It's per it's short for permanent. Yeah. I mean, I would say perm, but that's already a word. Um, anyway, yeah, it was it tough, tough. So thank you, Michael, for uh, letting me rehash my uh my angst there. I appreciate that. Yeah, I remember Gareth Bale, of course, after doing very little, decides he's getting some money, he's gonna come over, he's gonna golf, he's just gonna come out for 15 minutes and eh, maybe he'll win a cup final, you know. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Knows. massive big game player of course and you know what we're gonna have a lot to talk about uh with that of course there is squad releases coming tomorrow the u.s oh, will yeah. be releasing its squad for the world cup wales will also be releasing its squad for the world cup of course gotta get that on there uh but mm -hmm, mm -hmm, we'll be talking mm -hmm. pretty much from thursday onwards we're switching gears of course we'll be keeping an eye on what's going on with phoenix rising as well but we're going to be doing a lot of talking about the World Cup that's coming up. So make sure to join us on Thursday. Before we go, of course, Max, I hear you've got to uh, give us a little talk about something that you're wearing there because, of course, we can't talk about anything else there because we can't see it. But I of hear course. that we can see the... Uh, <laughs> Oh man! Well, well, I mean, hey, you're talking about your kit. Uh, this isn't really Mike Timmy Ream. Let's go, Michael. Yeah, yeah who would have thought? Uh, we'll find out <laughs> tomorrow. But I, I didn't think we'd be at this point. But heck, we are. But hey, you're talking about your kit. This ain't a kid, but I'm talking about what I'm wearing. You're talking about Gareth Bale playing golf. If I didn't have shoulder surgery, I'd be playing golf myself in my bad birdie polo. Get up That's and show. Right. Get up and show, Max. You got to oh, stand up. Course, show course, the audience what they're missing. Uh, it's pretty nice color. You can see it in my nicely lit room, of course. But, hey, you know, it's uh, comfortable. It's breathable. feels Dang, fantastic. I wore it to the office today and, you know, got lots of compliments by, well, people who are paid to say compliments to me. But, hey, I will take it in a heartbeat. <laughs> and, hey, if you want to get people to get, say compliments to you and not paid to do so, use code PHNX Sports for 15% off at badbirdygolf.com. They have a lot of cool styles. Um, and I've already made one deal on this show. If anyone tweets at me with their uh, Bad Birdie receipt, and they show me what they buy. Oh, you know, maybe I'll buy a little something, something. And, uh, you know, we can do a little matchy matchy at these World Cup watch parties. So, hey, come on down. Buy, buy badbirdygolf.com. That code PHNX Sports and uh, look fresh. And remember, of course, since you're going to mention those uh, PHNX World Cup watch parties, that if you personally have been victimized by Max Simpson's poor lighting in his bedroom, remember that you can claim your free pint courtesy of the tab under the name Max Simpson at the bar. Oh, boy. But here's the thing. You got to go out there in order to redeem it. And listen, you oh, and you can say what you want. You know, I'm a man of my word. Every single time I've put out that I'm buying pints, I bought pints, I bought rounds. So, hey, you got to come out there, get it for yourself. I just dropped the link uh, to those World Cup watch parties again into the chat. They're in our description. They're on our website at gophnext.com under the events. They're everywhere you need. Again, every single one is free except for the one first Mexico match, and that's a breakfast buffet. So, hey, check it out. It's going to be a darn good time. Again, it's a breakfast buffet with Juan Guerra. With Juan Guerra. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Breakfast with a boss. 
yeah, breakfast with the boss. No, but come hang out with us. It's going to be a, just an absolutely fun time. Like they're all these kickoffs, by the way, except for the morning one are at noon. It's just like coming out for a bit. Like you're already on your lunch break. It's the holiday season. You're working anyway. Like, come on, come on. <laughs> Remember, of course, now since we're going to segue off of that and onto us going off and uh, getting on with our evenings, remember, of course, to join us on Thursday. We'll be talking World Cup pretty much from Thursday onwards. There's a lot to talk through, but we'll have that reaction to those squad announcements. So make sure to join us then. And until then, goodbye.